Sidetrack. Hi everyone, welcome back to Sidetrack. Today we are talking about the theoretical politics in argument for individual liberty. Today we have with us the two amazing guests, Ray and Matilda. Hi, I'm Ray. I'm a I almost said second year. I'm a third year studying international relations. And I'm also publicist for Little Women. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's all I'm going to say. Thank you for having me here. <laughs> Hi, I'm Matilda. I'm second year doing art history and comparative literature. And I work with Yellow on Art History Society. Mm, exciting times. So today we are talking about liberty, what it is, how it applies to our lives, um, and also what a utopian full liberty state looks like, how achievable that is, um, any drawbacks um, and contradicting opinions on it. And also we will end today's discussion with the application to art um, and how freedom impacts artistic creation. So. <laughs> I think maybe to answer the first first bullet point then what is freedom what is liberty um and you know how what aspects apply to our lives you know that you feel on like a daily basis really very excited about well you know based on my Chinese heritage based on my Chinese heritage I have a lot to say about freedom <laughs> <laughs> no I'm joking I'm joking <laughs> yeah no, that, that bit's gonna be cut off from <laughs> Anyway, anyway, so I mean, so f for the thing is, liberty as a concept is is quite confusing in a sense. As in, for starter, I personally, personally, right, don't get offended, people. I personally <laughs> think that humanity works better under constraints, whether that is the law or some sort of framework or some some sort of technique people follows. I think people works more efficiently within those constraints and people have more of a direction in a sense we're seeing constraints and that's why i think the concept of liberty is confusing because obviously we want to maximize our freedom yet people are better in constraints but here's which is why the concept of positive positive liberty is emphasized a lot in which is the case of is the but positive liberty is the case of you are only allowed to make the good choices. You have the freedom to make good choices, but you are not allowed to make the bad choices, or you are encouraged to not make the bad choices. So it's, a, it's, it's like a half and half liberty here. You don't have the choice to make everything. You only have the choices to make the good decisions in which, you know, in politics, government reinforce. So do you agree with the idea of liberty? Like, do I you... do agree with the idea of liberty. But so, it's just there's so many different variables to take in account here, and there's so many like different ideals of liberty. So in your example, I mean, you were saying you think that there should be a system of control in some sense, constraints. like constraints. Constraints. Yeah. So surely that then isn't liberty, like if you think about it. That's why I'm saying it's really confusing because people work within those constraints, constraints, and within those constraints, you have the complete liberty of to do whatever you want, like the law. The law is constraints. People live in within the laws and obey the laws, but they they have the freedom to choose what is beneficial for them. So I guess that's um, why I included the first bullet point is trying to narrow down the scope of liberty because mm. that is so broad. Mm. Um, so you know, you talked about the law being. 
um, a method of constraint. Um, can we, like, are there any other ways that you think we can be constrained? Like, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, because liberty also applies to kind of like our political choice, um, censorship on information, things like self-expression. So. So I can I give another example. I will use like just you know arts because we got art students here. I think <laughs> art is nice. I think I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think the concept of you know having a blank canvas and the artist can have the freedom to do anything in that canvas mm -hmm. is is what people want right? is is the ideology of what art is like creating arts right but then those artists follow uh, techniques follow certain patterns follow different ideals from different artists and have taken taking in their aspects of what is a great art and implement it onto their own artwork so in a certain sense they are actually following a constraint as well right. Right? What do you guys think? Um, when asked about uh, like constraints, uh, when you were talking about constraints uh, over liberty, uh, I think law and um, all the other things that you spoke about are very explicit examples. Well, I was thinking of something, I guess, more implicit, which was um, just society in general. Because you've got so many norms that, you know, like, oh, like at least back t 10 or 15 years ago, I can't even say that now, 15, 20 years ago, um, um, you know, it would have been like, oh, if you're 30 and you're unmarried and you don't have a child, you're like, how are you going to like, what are you going to do with your life? Like, you're just a career woman who's shrewd and who's going to do whatever she needs to to get everywhere. And that was your, to me, that's a societal constraint because that that time bounds you, that age bounds you into doing something, even though you might have other aspirations. So the social pressures. Yeah, yes. Absolutely, yeah. Okay. I also think that governments, so people criticize government policies and people criticize government in general quite often. I think that what they should, they should understand is that governments inherently are giving the best options in theory, right, to to the society, right, not the individuals. Is is we, we Government are supposed to help in the um, societies, but they cannot help certain individuals. So there's always going to be some people in the poor, in the bad situation, some people in the good situation. Okay. But inherently, they are looking at the majority. Mm -hmm. No, that's I completely agree with that. I actually have something about this that I will probably talk about later. <laughs> no, I was just thinking like um, <clears throat> this actually kind of ties into the second point about utopian society, which is I was going to bring it up there, but okay. Um, if if you really do want to if if everyone is going to live in a you know full liberty state it's not possible because there's going to be one pedophile out there who's going to want to you know um have sex you know intercourse with children and that's not that's not okay because it's it's infringing upon the rights of the children so like there's really no way that you know laws or the government can look towards individual freedoms and liberties and say yes everybody's gonna get that because by the end of the day the government's um um whole modus operandi, modus operandi and whole being is to govern society and the country as a whole and not each individual um well like gendered politics is such a big thing and you know when you say like when you, when you say that governments are supposed to look out for the greater good of the society which is very much like 
utilitarian approach mm-hmm. um we're sacrificing in this case like half the population um so you know can they really accommodate for like a greater good for like the majority of the people because i mean there's there's people who are bound to suffer and in you know in some countries and in some cases like rather badly I mean, I was just going to say, I think uh, gender divisions and gender politics still exists in every society in the world. Like, you can't, you still can't get away from it. Like, that's that's something that exists to this day. And like, as you were saying, utilitarianism is like the most popular way, specifically in like Western countries of, of rule. So in some ways, you can't like have a society that isn't, that that is fully governed by liberty like there is no full liberty in any country in the world like I feel like that's kind of what you guys have ended up saying in some ways is that there cannot be a full sense of liberty and there have been so many like political ethical theories based around this and it and you just it's hard to get to like there was there's a on liberty um utilitarian theory and it's the least popular one you know (laughs) I think nowadays countries are aiming towards more of a equality over over liberty. It's it's better for the poor to be a bit richer and the richer slightly poorer. You know, a bit more eco country is better than having people being able to do have the complete freedom to make every choices, including the bad and and, and the goods. Um, so like for for example, like and a progressive taxation such as you know just income tax and such is obviously limiting people's freedom to a certain extent you know taking off their income however that is also encouraging inequalities because the higher the richer you are the more you pay into more tax so more people are slightly closer in in like the distribution curve and that is better for the society as a whole and for a government they consider they must consider society as a whole if you for example another example that's soda tax right people who if, it, if there's a soda tax, people drink less soda. If there's no soda tax, people drink more, drink more soda. There'll be a higher percentage of people having obesity, diabetes, all the issues with sugar. And that will impact, sure you have the individual freedom, but that will impact the people around you. That will impact your family, your friends. There's a lot of burden on the society as a whole. And that is what the government does not want to do. And that also infringes on other moral agents' freedom as well. And it's the case of we are choosing to, in a sense, sacrifice the individual to maximize the society's liberty. And that is the goal of the government. And obviously, equality needs to be taken into account. And every government decision comes in with justifications and evidence and data-based evaluations. I mean, I think at the end of the day, there's always going to be some form of oppression and like, yeah, well, the definition, I looked it up, the definition of liberty is the state of being free within society from oppressive restrictions imposed by authority on one's way of life, behavior or political views. So if if you're like, we're all individuals, right? But we live in a society governed by other individuals and they will make their choice based on what they want. Like, that's the nature of like corrupt society in some sense but there is no way of not having a corrupt society if everything's run by individuals so i think most people are scared of the the concept of 
you know, tyranny of the well-intentioned. Governments say that this is good for society, therefore we implement this. And people are scared of the fact that, you know, if if governments start implementing one tax, for example, tax on cigarettes or buying cigarettes, will that, you know, go across over to other products, other goods people want, people want to live with, you know, and does that impact their liberty and, you know, and freedom? And is is the case of you know, diminishing marginal of like extra additional taxation. It's like you implement one similar tax, therefore there's less um, importance or risk when you implement another tax with similar effect and, and so on and so on. And therefore, you know, just slowly, slowly taking away people's freedom. And in the case of soda tax, you know, the, the UK government did implement, you know, more taxation on products such as sugar and, and cigarettes and alcohol and bars and pubs nowadays too so it's like they are slowly slowly crunching down on people's personal dietary um, freedom and and I think that I think that's the case of people are scared of that dietary freedom truly is something that is really underlooked I guess because people don't really think about it they think of obesity as a personal choice and <coughs> and like you know as a woman I I'm acutely aware of how, of how high the percentage is of uh, uh like of people getting pcod and um and pcod is like one of the like one of the biggest reasons that women gain weight in their teenage or their young adult years and you know it's it's such a big thing that people just you know think that oh if you're fat that means you're eating too much that means you're consuming too much fats and sugars when that's not the thing so e- so what i'm trying to say is that even if the government did kind of subsidize like sorry not subsidize tax these products there's no guarantee that it actually changes the eating habits of the people because and also there's also the substitution thing that happens where you know maybe um, Taking the example of Genshin Impact, maybe a person is spending like a hundred pounds on Genshin Impact and <laughs> exposed hundred pounds of Genshin Impact a month compared to like fifty pounds on you know Coca Cola and sweets. Um, and if the price of that Coca Cola increases, then maybe the person stops spending more money on Genshin, but spends uh, enough more of that on the Coke to get the same amount that they were getting anyway. So there's like, there's no guarantee that a person's eating habits are going to be changed. So I just feel like it's like, yes, the government is trying to look after the health of the people, but there's really no telling what can happen. And um, you can cut this out, but that is definitely what my thinking would be. Um, yeah. I guess the same could be said for like alcohol and yeah. um, like tobacco packs. Mm-hmm. Um, because I guess like with drinking or smoking it could be like just excessive habits for some people mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. even though there is tax people would still continue their ways of life you know it might be very difficult to change i was going to say on the other end of that spectrum um again as a woman there's tax on sanitary products yeah. i think we were, i don't know if you guys are thinking that as well i was like that's bad tax bad tax that does not like people don't buy products because they're taxed too high obviously i mean i know in scotland universities and schools and uh public health places give them away for free which is amazing and they've abolished they call it the pink tax in the uk um but in england and the rest of the uk that still exists and that doesn't help anyone except the people making the money so, Lewis, do you think that's for the greater good of society? Oh! <laughs> oh. <laughs> what was she asking me? <laughs> As, 
As the only male present. I mean, back to my point of, you know, nowadays countries change. No, no, no. I thought <laughs> countries trying to um, reach equalities, which just gave me, you know, is contradictory in the sense of reintroducing regressive taxes, such as, you know, what you guys all mentioned and what I have mentioned. Sorry, I'm getting emails. <laughs> Sorry, I can't talk about it. I tried. Anyway, so uh, like regressive taxes, which is, you know, just, just a fixed tax on everyone, including the poor and rich, they pay the same amount, which is stuff like VAT and, you know, what, what everyone mentioned, you know, soda tax, you know, every, everything else, right? Is is contradictory to what the um, countries should reach in the sense of equality, um, in which, yeah, I, I, I don't agree on some of those taxes. Um, can I also mention, like, just going back to the initial topic that you were talking about, um, sorry. <laughs> TM. Oh my God, they said the name of the podcast. <laughs> um, but you were talking about um, how nowadays uh, states have stopped looking at liberty as the main issue and now it's more equality. I like to think of it um, in, in the way of Maslow's uh, uh, hierarchy of needs. Um, Oh, oh yeah of course uh wait let me just pull it up real quick so it's basically like um uh, yeah it's it's a triangle uh that um maslow a psychologist i think uh he he made this uh triangle of trying of uh what a human being needs um and it goes from psych uh physiological needs to self-actualization so um um it, it's a triangle right so it starts from the base and the base are stuff like food, water, shelter, things that if you don't have, you cannot think of anything else except your survival. Then it goes on to, ooh, okay, once you have a house, right? Once you have clothes on your body, what's the next thing you think of? You think of, oh, maybe I should ensure that the house doesn't go away. Maybe I should get a job, you know, and, you know, take care of myself. Then comes love and belonging when you have everything. So it just goes on to... Well, do you think that individuals should have the complete freedom to access any parts of the triangle um including the peak of the pyramid absolutely because the peak of the pyramid by the end of it just becomes what um innate desire the person has to do what they want to do and to be who they want to be and that is a an like that can only happen once all the other four needs are met but when it does happen i believe that every individual should have the right to be able to reach that and take that aim and make it theirs for instance if an individual is inherently better at doing one certain task than task mm -hmm. than the other would you say that that individual still have the complete freedom to choose whichever tasks slash job they want to do, even though they are better at one job than the other? Yes. Because by the end of it, even if they might be better at one job at this point, if they are forced to do that one thing, passion, I believe that passion plays a big role in how you perform and interest plays a big role in how you perform. So even if you're good at one thing, and you go into that one thing, even if you and if you don't like it, over the years your performance is going to drastically go down. But if you're doing something that you might not be the best at, but you're doing it because you, <coughs> you're doing it because you like it, the just self satisfaction 
and just general happiness is going to go up and for an individual what else could you ask for it, or even like sure if you think about it in a monetary aspect it really depends if one 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 uh, employer is giving you more money than the other but if you're thinking of happiness and satisfaction i believe you should do whatever you want even if you're not the best at it uh, i do apologize i think this is where my my my, my instance as an econ student comes in <laughs> I I I feel like I personally agree more on specialization. I think if one person is good at one thing, if I'm good at maths, I will do maths. There's no point in me pursuing a degree in I don't know DT or arts. Um, and I should focus on what I'm good at and try and perfect it and try and be top of the ladder of what I'm good at. But that's just my personal views. Is it too out of pocket to then say, are you like, are you a communist? Is that what, is that the perspective that you're taking? <laughs> So, so to utilize every individual's specialization, to utilize yeah, like people do what they're good at for the good of society. I think that's the. I, I, I personally feel like that's what the aim should be. Yeah, so so pretty much communism. I'm not saying that's a well, bad thing. Know, I'm just, yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. just yeah. asking. In theory, that's in just, theory. that should what happen. But I, in, no, in, I mean I agree. I'm just saying. Yeah, in theory, that's what happens. But in practice, in practical, not, not, not nothing's perfect. Conversely, are you asking if I'm a capitalist? <laughs> <laughs> well, are you? Not no, <laughs> not at all. I don't know what I am, but I know what I'm not. I feel like I've accidentally just offended both of you <laughs> one sentence. <laughs> but yeah, coming back to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, um, for to me, when it comes to states and like governments thinking, I feel like. Uh, liberty is the basis, is the physiological need for for a people, um, because once um, just thinking of you know uh, when M- the British Empire let their you know <laughs> let the people go, <laughs> they did it because they have no money left. Let's be honest, it's quite costly. Very cringing with ancestral shame. <laughs> Honestly, it's all your fault. Yeah, no, even I'm not even going to speak as the only white person here, honestly. You go, you go. No, I was just thinking um, more so of India because that's what I'm, you know, I've grown up with and I know more of that. Uh, um, but, you know, Indian revolutionaries have been fighting, had been fighting for over 50 years as a collective effort to gain liberty. And that's how the state was formed. And I feel that's the basis of what, like if you're uh, under an oppressive ruler, your basis is to, you know, want to fight and get sovereignty of your own people, of your own self. And then after that, once you have that, once you have a state that will not move, like, you know, a more fixed state, more like, then I think, you know, issues within the state can be addressed, which is where problems like equality and stuff like that comes, which is why I brought up. Sorry? Like corruption. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because I I don't like yeah sure. Um, <clears throat> corruption might be a bigger thing in um like liberty within the inner circle of the people who are um who are deciding the future of uh, a state or a country. Um, but it's not the biggest um challenge or obstacle when it comes to forming a state. I feel it's a very very big and very important part of. Uh, maintaining a state it's, it's quite fascinating in economics we actually learn the concept of like optimize corruption in, in the sense of if there's like 
certain wow. degree of corruption is actually quite good for the country, especially developing and like emerging yeah. markets. You look of astonishment from me. <laughs> 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 yeah, please. I mean, it's certain certain like amounts of corruption. Like, I mean, there's some good examples in the world, like um, Korea. Korea is a great example for. In the the case of like monopolies, like a part of family dominates the um, Korean society. Like some Samsung and the other Korean firms develop so fast is due to certain degree of corruption within the political parties, and that can apply to some other countries. And you know when when that's overboard, when when corruption reach is is threshold, it go past the threshold. For example, would you say like Adani Group in India is considered to be? Very corrupt and damaging India. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Um, I um, <coughs> sorry. Um, yeah, it it's it's really fascinating to see cyberpunk play out in real life. Um, yeah, I like uh, because Reliance in back in 2015 when Reliance was giving out Geo um SIM cards for free. My family was one of the very few people in our uh, friend circle that didn't get it, and thank God we didn't. Um. <coughs> is this a political statement? Probably not. <laughs> but um, yeah, and I I had a question, which was, um, uh, what was it? Oh yeah, w- when you draw the line between good corrupt, like morally good and morally bad corruption, because you know in India, it, it, because BJP is the uh, uh, ruler, ruling party, could you call uh, corruption within Adani to be? bad corruption but why is it that south korea samsung and stuff like that good corruption is because of um uh uh what the political parties uh societal aspirations are and how the society itself views these political parties because by the end of it if adani is giving money to say um you know the ruling party and you don't support the ruling party's um, politics, then you're not going to support Adani. That's that's how it goes, right? That's why um, with when that's why there's a boycott for McDonald's and Starbucks right now because that's the closest thing you can do to help people in um, Gaza. But um, you know, it's just it's just really uh, interesting to see how what the line is between good corruption, like morally okay, and morally not okay corruption yeah yeah i mean i'm again we're talking about liberty right and i think liberty comes very close like parallel with ethics like it's when you're talking about liberty you basically end up talking about ethics and there is a kind of universal sense of ethics but there's also a massively individual sense of ethics in in the individual and the society and the country and the world. And in in that way, you have a level of liberty on each of those levels at the same time. And they're not ever going to fully match up. So liberty in terms of like how we can express ourselves through art. Do you, Lewis, you mentioned something at the very beginning about blank canvases. You mentioned something at the very beginning about blank. Yeah. What was it again? So it's like canvas. You can do anything. You have freedom to do anything. Yet people follow techniques. Yeah, you were you were talking about how um, you have a canvas, but and and you can do what you want technically, but you do still follow techniques. But I would kind of tend to disagree with that because in many ways, art is such a like your personal creative expression. You may accidentally end up following techniques, which again, it could work for your analogy, but like in terms of purpose and individual choice. 
you can completely go outside of the frame of the canvas and do whatever you want. Yeah. Um, and I think, personally, I think that is something that we look to do for it in, you know, in, in artistic creation. And I guess that is like every artist's dream to be able to like fully express themselves in the ways that they want to. Um, but also, I am aware that in some countries, <laughs> this is very difficult. <laughs> this is very difficult. Um, like asterisks. Uh, yeah. Um, and actually, in one country in particular, um, like the division between what is, <laughs> yeah, what is deemed acceptable and unacceptable, it's been described as the red line. Um, you know, the red, the red line. It's actually the color. Of the <laughs> <laughs> now it's you. Now you're talking to Lewis. Please don't take take us into a hole. Oh my god. On a red chair. Oh. <laughs> the nails are red. Oh my god. The blood on the red chair. I'm gonna go mad if she was wearing red lipstick. Oh my god. Oh my god. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay. Well, in, in this instance, then we can. We can. In this instance, let's just take red as. Yeah. Yeah, let's just take red as it is, like visually, you know, with no associations um, whatsoever. Mm. You know, the red line, red as in, like, you know, the forbidden. Sorry, the forbidden. <laughs> A forbidden <laughs> colour, you know, like it's it's a symbol of warning. It's <laughs> because you were talking about the greater good of society, and I feel like that's a very the greater good of society, and I feel like that's the there can be lots of debate arising from that. Um, but you know, if art, so for example, if you're running like your ideal state um and you're doing everything for the greater good of society how would art contribute to that because you know with freedom of artistic expression you can have people like criticizing your your, your state um and you know saying and i guess this, this doesn't really just apply to art it's also like speech you know how would you respond to that i think in practice in real life implications when it comes to freedom of speech and such, there are lots of methods to go around with it in the current day and age. There's a lot of propagandas that can be implemented <laughs> do you into... Do you believe in censorship? I mean... Yeah, like, do you think censorship is a good thing? <laughs> Doesn't that come down to how much you think that art will ultima ultimately impact something? Because you could not censor something and it will have no impact whatsoever. Or you could censor something and it will have more impact because it's been censored, because people know that it's being censored, you know? So it depends. It depends. It, depends. it totally depends. And it probably depends what country you're in as well. And I do like, agree that a certain degree of censorship is applied to every country. Not just, you know, certain, some countries. But like China, America, fuck, I named it. I named it. I named it. <laughs> <laughs> I named it. <laughs> 
I do think a certain degree of, of censorship is applied to every single country. You know, they want to minimize the chaos and have a bit more of a sustainable. But I mean, art still happens everywhere. Like you cannot censor everything, especially in countries where there are so many like different cultural influences and different people that exist. And like I'm talking very specifically about the UK now. There are so many different people here, and so many people create so many different types of art and in so much art. How can that fully ever be censored? With the UK, I guess when so many people are creating art, it becomes less about censoring it and more about regulating it. <laughs> it is more about regulating, yeah. Yeah, because minimize like, the viewing of those. Yeah, objects. because you're not gonna you're gonna miss like fifty percent of the shots that you take, right? So it's what I mean to say is that you can't censor, you can't remove everything from it. But if you're able to lessen the amount of people it reaches, that's good. Um, and that's what I think a lot of like you know a lot of countries. <coughs> sorry. A lot of countries tend to do. They either, you know, target a certain author or a certain journalist, because sure, the the wide range of opinion might still be there. But if that one important person's gone, you've got a lot of people who only follow that person and not the entire movement. So if that one person's gone, you're probably going to have lesser people who are impacted by the movement. Which, yeah, regulation. <sighs> But you could then apply that to anything beyond the arts as well, like a celebrity, politician. Exactly, like and that happens anyone. in the real world all the yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. So it's not about you know just completely sensing it. It's about limiting it. Why? Why should it? Why should it be limited though? Like, why should it be fully limited? Like, if if you want to achieve some form of liberty, surely even within arts, because let's be honest. Not a lot of people massively respect the arts these days. Like when it comes to the impact that it has on society. Once again, is it goes back to the concept of positive liberty in the sense of you know people might think that is is bad for you to understand this, therefore we will not make you understand it. In the case, you know, so so for the better good of the, of the society, it's better for you to not understand some stuff. I really think that depends on. Um, whether you view liberty as something individual or something societal like you can have liberty on an individual level but you are always restricted by society in some extent yeah and i think i have certain liberties and certain not both on an individual and on a societal level sometimes on both simultaneously which is not fun (coughs) because that means i have to hide who i am in reality from like almost everybody I meet, probably except my parents, but that's about it. You know, it's it's tough being a person in the world. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for listening to our very interesting conversation with <laughs> our special guests. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Thank you for having Thanks us. For having us. <laughs> well, until, until next time. time. Bye. Bye. Oh, okay. Bye. <laughs>